on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Our jobs, a lot of times, just require all hands on deck. We work with a lot of high-profile clients, yeah. and it's taking it so serious and yet still have so much fun in what we do. Yeah. And that's really where finding those people is that's the bread and butter to this. That's how you get this into work. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Eric Rasmussen here on the King stage. My brother, how'd I do on that last name? Perfect, man. That was great. Good, man. Glad to have you here, dude. We were just talking offline here just right before we got started about all kinds of fun stuff. But I thought I had a big family, but you've got a big family. So we're going to get into some of that. Uh, sure. I assume that your kids are a big reason on why you push so hard. But yep. what kind of business do you have, brother? We have a set design and construction business. We do a lot of sets for various shows in LA. We also do a bunch of trade shows across across the state. So yeah, I've been that whole fabrication, activations, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So when we show up to an event or we see a commercial and it looks just awesome and we have no idea how they put it all together, that's you? Yep. That's us. That's what that's we do. Cool, man. That's cool. I, I have to say it's the first here on Gathering the Kings to have a company like yours. And so we're going to try to see, I know that the, your struggles and your good decisions and bad decisions, we'll get to them here in a minute, but going to be similar. I love how we can pull all these different businesses and different industries. And the guy listening here today or the gal listening here today is still going to be able to pick up tons from you. So I appreciate your time here today. I got a sure. question for you before we get into your story. Sure. I want to know at this level, you are obviously crushing it, but why? Why are you continue to push? Why are you even at this level of success? Why are you wanting more or reaching for more? What's the story? What's the backstory? Yeah. The goal is obviously a better life than what I grew up with. I want to show my kids different life. Uh, most of my kids, I adopted six of my kids out of foster care. They had the crummiest lives. That's why I do what I do is I want to make a difference in uh, some people that didn't have an opportunity. And so that's really where my passion comes from is really trying to make a difference in people's lives. I, obviously, when you told me that you had eight children, six of which adopted, it went in one ear and out the other. I heard it. Yeah, yeah. I love your perspective, what you just were talking about there, as far as providing something to someone, which they may or may not have had necessarily the best opportunity at, obviously being in America, yeah. better opportunities than, than in some other places, but still the same. I grew up single mom family. Man, there's just some limitations, yeah. some things I had to overcome. I'd be curious to hear just a quick backdrop on, you said you didn't have much or these, the kids, like how does that all come together from like your story to like how you're rewriting their story? Love to hear it. Sure. So, yeah. We grew up in a trailer park. My parents were incredible parents and they did everything they could with the little bit of money they had. They really did the best they could. And we had some crazy stuff happen within our family that pretty much tore it all apart and had to really rebuild as a family. And yeah. that was one thing that my, my parents did an incredible job at was really 
keeping the glue together, even when it was like times were extremely tough. Yeah. They were always there to make a change and do something that, that kind of kept us together. And yeah. so that was really an incredible time for our lives as we were kids. My yeah. parents basically put both of their lives completely on hold and it was all about us. They didn't, yeah. it wasn't about their careers. It wasn't about their anything. It was like, we're going to, we'll be poor and be rich at the same time. Yeah. We'll be, be family. Family. And that was a huge piece of that. My mom ended up, blessed both of my parents ended up doing quite a bit in foster care. We fostered some of our, some of our cousins and they were always had a massive heart for people. And there was yeah. my whole childhood. We always had somebody living with us. It was like, it was just crazy. It was just like, oh, this person left. And literally a week later, somebody else would be. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it always was. Yeah. My had such massive hearts. For, so yeah, they actually were helped. They helped found one of the foster camps here for foster kids where they basically take them in for a week and they show them what it takes to be, to show love to people that don't normally yeah, give them yeah. foster care. There's just so much love that's just completely missing. Yeah. So they really were the heart of where me and my wife started in our journey was seeing the love and compassion they had towards people that were not their own. And yeah. so that's kind of how we got started in the foster care system was really the passion from my mom and from my dad and how much they cared for people. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of bled into, we were doing, we were, me and my wife, we were trying to have kids and it just wasn't happening. And we're like, we've always wanted to adopt. So let's just do it. Let's go all in. You know, I remember the first day that, cause my mom actually ended up turning into being a social worker. Okay you know, about the time when I was looking to adopt. And so she, she introduced us to two kids. We she got to help in the process. That's cool. Two kids for us, wow. which was crazy. And they were a challenge to say the least. It was a pretty crazy ride through the, uh, through the beginning of just everything that could go wrong or everything that could happen to a child did. Yeah. We ended up fostering four of our, four of our kids literally had the absolute worst things that could ever happen to a child wow. happened to from either being beaten, sexually molested, starved, homelessness, prostitution, Jeez. pretty much you name it. Yeah. Our kids been through it. My mom in the early days, she really helped us be able to address a lot of those issues and how do we overcome a lot of those issues. So that's in the middle of all that, we ended up pregnant, which was like, we didn't think Whoa, exactly. And it was just crazy. So we went from none to two to three to four. And then we're like, oh, we're now we're pregnant. And then it was like, okay, five, that's good. And then we took a break for a little bit. Then we were asked to bring on another kid. Yeah. Why not? And then my oldest son's best friend, he was pretty much ready to live with us. He was in a foster system as well. And yeah, just bring him on. Let's we'll just yeah. let's and then we ended up pregnant again. What? It was like, are you kidding me? Or God, are you hilarious or what? We were taking one of the kids in literally that week and we got the room prepped. Everything's ready to go. We're, we're bringing them in. Like it was a Monday and we were bringing them in on a Friday or something like that. Yeah. I found out that we were pregnant on that Monday. It was like, good Lord, God, what is the deal? Yeah. Yeah. Your blessings come in, in doubles. <laughs> oh man. It was just, it's been insane. So my question to you, first off, just dude, wow. You want to talk about some just mad respect that I have for you as a brother, but then you and your wife together. What I see though, is that you're perpetuating what your parents, the openness, even like you're saying, like just, oh, what my oldest son, oh, what's another one? One more, one more. It's the yeah. exact same mindset that your parents had. 
And so my question to you from a business perspective is, okay, in the midst of all this, you have also had an incredible business journey. Yeah. And so before we get into some of the tactical on that side, what's been like, there's obviously a huge differentiator between you and maybe your parents or others who have a big heart, but then yeah. you've also been able to do the business side also. What's the differentiator? You know, it's, it's hard because I've got such a massive heart for people yeah. and I love people and I always want to see the best in people, yeah. even when it's a, a detriment to the situation. And that's always been my struggle is to have that discipline to say when enough is enough. Yeah. Or when someone's messed up too many times, like, hey, this is this is where the line is. And I think that goes into being a good dad, right? Is one knowing when, you know, hey, this is the line. This is where you're at. You right. can't go past that line. It's the same as a business owner. You got to know where that line is and where you need to say, hey, man, this is enough and you're, or whatever. It's because you love someone and you want to see somebody do better. doesn't mean they want to do better. Yeah, That's always been my struggle is... Yeah. I want to see the best in people and I want people to do better, but it's not always what they want. Yeah. So just because I want it doesn't necessarily mean that's what they want. Yeah. I think that's, gosh, you, I'm sure we could probably talk for hours on just the mindset, business, family together. You've just taken it to a whole nother level where even some people look at me and it's like, man, how have you done all these businesses and all these kids? Man, I'm over here with my notepad, paying attention to Eric here today. So let's get into some of the business stuff. How did the business come about? Like, how did you begin your entrepreneurial journey? Was it this one? Was it business beforehand? How, tell us the story. So if you go way back, me and my brother started a little business when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, selling, selling wood type things like swords and shields, all that type of okay. stuff. Things that you made. Things that we make. Yeah. You so, were building back then. Way back when. Yeah. So nice. my parents bought me my first sander and jigsaw and all these things. Okay. That, so that kind of intrigued a lot of what I was doing. I, yeah. in our childhood, there was some stuff that happened that was just, we ended up having to pull out of school. So we ended up going to homeschool when yeah. I was seventh grade. So I never spent a single day in high school. Never did. Okay. I, I literally, I'm, I've got sixth grade down and that's it. So you I went through up, the rest just at home. <laughs> yeah. I ended up graduating high school when I was 16. Okay. Uh, Moved wow. out briefly for a minute, went to work right away at 16. And Is that your beat your chest moment? I'm going to come be, become my own man? Yeah. Yeah. I just decided, hey, I'm going to go do what I want to do. Yeah. I had a really cool opportunity to go teach at a science camp up okay. in the mountains. And so it was a super fun opportunity that you get to do it once. So that's right. why I went down that road. You know, I started college when I was 13 doing doing programming basic and C sharp and all that shenanigans. So yeah, yeah. Did a little bit of all that fun stuff when I was there. I was one of the youngest. I think I was the youngest student to ever go to school there. Wow. Then I went to college when I was 18 and finished up with the bachelor's, I think around 2021, 20, 2021, 20, 20, something like that. Okay. And then I started teaching at that same college when I was 23. Wow. I was the youngest professor to ever teach there. Wow. Had a startup, failed, went through that whole misery of yeah. startups yep. uh, and was getting married and it was like, me and my brother were sitting there. What do we do? We had one client doing marketing. We're like, okay, let's, what, what do we call this? We're sitting in a Starbucks down the street and we're like, well, how about a coffee house? It was just like, yeah. Had, there was no reason, no rhyme to why we just like that. That sounds good. Yeah. Freaking filled out the forms and that's what we called ourselves as coffee house. And wow. we've had to really 
more of our business. And we did a bunch of marketing and that type of stuff. We ended up selling most of those clients and a couple of years ago, really focusing in on the things I really want to do, which is yeah. more the fabrication, the design, having the, this, I don't like building websites. Yeah. I don't like making logos and all this stuff. I'm really good at it. I love doing those things, but not for other people anymore. Yeah. I wanted to really just build incredible experiences, incredible sets. Yeah. And that's how we evolved making swords and shields to make yeah. sets. I don't know. I don't know if marketing would have been a pit stop that I would have seen for <clears throat> someone as a kid making swords out of wood and stuff. Okay, cool. And then you tell me now he's this big business owner and got this backstage company and they're building sets. I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But somewhere along the line there, you you did a loop with through marketing. Obviously, you're just building different things. Yeah. Same mindset, I guess, but <clears throat> yeah. was there a shift along the way? You mentioned it a little bit as far as like, I changed to do the things that I really want to do. What gave you that inclination or were you just you know, like, how, how did you get to that resignation of, okay, here are the three things that I really want to do. And so I'm going to spend all my time doing these. It's worth it to sell off the other clients. How did you come to that place? It was just, it was coming to a place where I just didn't want to do the website maintenance or the writing copy for an email, sure. getting a 1% open rate or whatever. And I don't, I don't want to be creating reports for people. And right. when I went back and looked through all the years of all the work we had done, some of the best work was always when you're able to create something and make it and see it right. physical. And that's some of your best marketing in general. When you can go and show your customer who you are, what you are, that's right. some of the best marketing there is. I'm still in totally. marketing. It's just a different thing. Totally. I'm not making websites, but it's, it's a lot of the stuff that we do is so much different yeah. and so much more impactful than an email campaign. Oh, a hundred percent. Now I love the correlation there. I'm glad that you hit on that because you're hundred percent right. You're still in marketing. We all are in marketing, right? We're all in marketing. This podcast is a way for you and me both to market today, even though that's not necessarily my heart's intention, right? Yeah. But at the same side, that's exactly what we're doing. We're talking about business. We're talking about me. We're talking about you all these fun things. So I love how you've given permission almost to that because I think everybody listening today should have that perspective of not only marketing, but also sales. And to be able to know that's, they just happen to sell decks or websites or edible arrangements, bouquets, or wh whatever the thing is that you're selling, we can, we still sure. are in the marketing business. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I want to know a good decision that you made along the journey here, especially maybe before, if you hit that 1 million Mark, a decision that you made before that was just really good that you can think back and go, okay, this one thing that we decided to do was like, wow, glad we did that one. What is that? Probably the biggest change I would say in our business was hiring a coach. You okay. Know, having somebody really take a look at the business and go, this is some changes that you need to make and really taking a, an audit internally. So much in business, so many people get married to their brand. And they think that this is me. Everything revolves around this thing. And one of the biggest changes for me was just being able to separate it. This business is not me. This business is business and it's its own thing. And I'm a part of it, yeah. but that's not who I am. And that was a massive shift, I think, in our business that really made it go to the next level. Yeah. And being able to detach a little bit, but also yeah. be able to be all in. It's, it's one of those things where it's, it's a mix between both of those. Yeah. I was going to say, what is the result of that? So if you've learned how to detach per se, but you're still part of it, you're still the driving force, but it's not you. What does that look like as a result? What does that produce? Sure. I think a lot of times, like when you look at a business, right? When you think, oh, this is what's on my chest, right? I've gotten a logo on my chest and I got all this 
thing and you might make a bad decision, right? About the business that doesn't necessarily reflect who you are sure. as a person. Good. That's, that's me as a CEO or me as a leader. I was able to do that. I messed up there, made a bad choice, a bad call, but I'm still able to be me. I'm still dad. I'm still a husband. I'm still a friend yeah. and be able to separate that a little bit. That it's not always about you. You're, I mean, yes, it's so connected, but totally. yet it's good to have some of that separation that you're not completely, yeah. this is all about who I am. Yeah. It reminds me, I'll share very often on these, but it reminds me of a book called Learned Optimism. And in the book, basically learned pessimism or learned optimism, we, we learn both, but you either in moments decide to let the moment affect other areas of your life or you don't. And this is the separation factor that you're talking about here a little bit is that the example I think the book uses is that you have two attorneys, they both lose their job. The one spirals into a downward negative spiral and no longer goes to church and doesn't go to the kids' baseball games and just sits on the couch and just doesn't know how to function outside of the fact that basically their identity was wrapped up in their work. And then the other one is still able to participate in those things and then is back looking for another job the next day. In this case, obviously you're running your own ship, but the scenario is the same of realizing that the moments you have to disconnect from the moments or in this case, decisions or the persona of CEO versus dad or husband. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Would you say to the person listening right now who maybe they're understanding what we're saying, but they're a little bit in the, like the question mark phase of, I wonder what this actually looks like for me. They're a little bit confused by it. Maybe they know exactly what it feels like to be connected to all these things and letting one thing affect another. What's the practical thing that they can do today in their business, like you did to be able to maybe create some separation? The biggest thing that is to find a mentor. I feel is to find somebody who doesn't necessarily have to be a paid person. Sure. Be someone who could just be an objective look in on what you're doing be able to see, Hey man, maybe this is where you're messing up. You need to find someone who can actually tell you like you're messing up. And that's the key is to find somebody who can give you that honest feedback. And that's hard. And that's even hard to accept a lot of times. I was going to say, is the precursor to that being open-minded and willing to hear? (laughs) Yeah, that's a hundred percent. it. You got to be able to know this guy has my best interests at heart and I'm too close to understand that this is what needs to happen. Yeah, The decision has to happen. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the biggest things that I would say as a takeaway is find that one person that can look at what you're doing, not you as a business, you, you as an individual, what are you doing that can one, make you grow, but two, be able to put you back at peace and put you back at a place where you can be productive. Yeah. Much of that is, and it's a journey that I, I have to constantly have to go back to, you know, I've, I've struggled with my weight my whole life and me and my wife are on, on a hundred day challenge and we're on day 75 of our hundred okay. day challenge and we haven't missed a day. We're hitting it and doing it. We've dropped both dropped weight and wow. things are good. And you know, I'd love to say this is going to be how it is forever. And I hope it is, Right. but I might struggle and that's okay. We're going to pick up where we struggle and get back up on that journey and, yeah. and keep it forward. And yeah. I love the distinction that you're making though, is that that doesn't define you, right? Like it doesn't just because that area over there has been up and down doesn't mean that you have to let that affect fatherhood, right? Or how the business is operating 
Although it's difficult yeah. to compartmentalize like that, it takes a lot of high logic and you got to get rid of that, that darn emotion that creeps yeah. in. It's hard to put it away when, yes. that, when that stuff creeps in. You want to, it's just hard to set that to a side and just move forward and where you need to go. Yeah, 100%. All right, well, let's flip the coin here, Eric, and let's talk about a bad decision, something that you've done. It was a mistake. You knew it. You wish you could change it. Maybe you've learned from it. What was it? Sure. I would say one of the biggest mistakes I've made is not letting go of somebody soon enough. Yeah. Looking you in- hinted at that at the beginning. Yeah, that's one of the hardest parts. We've had times in the business where I've put all my faith into a person and thought, this guy has my back 100% and only to find out not only does not have my back, he's the enemy. Like he's not only not have my back, he's ready to stab me in the back at any minute. Yeah. And it's really hard to find those people to find, oh, this guy yeah. really doesn't have my back or this person doesn't have the best interest of the company and that they're just focused on themselves. And yeah. one of the key things that I've learned is that when someone complains, right? When they continually complain, that's a key, right? Like yeah. we have a, a massive shop with lots of machineries and stuff like that. And I remember one of the guys, he just always say, oh, the shop's always a mess. And why should I, X, Y, Z. why should I do all these things when, when it's just going to be messed up tomorrow? And he, in the middle of a massive job, we were doing a massive job for actually for Disney. And in the middle of the job, he quits. And I know he thought, man, I'm going to get this guy. Right. And we just found someone else a week later and moved on. Didn't right on going. Kept on going. Yeah. yeah. And, and what's funny is all the things that he complained about all miraculously got fixed. There was no mess now. There was no bottleneck. There was all these things yeah. that he was complaining. All these things were happening. Yeah. And it truly was, he was the one at the center of it. Yeah. 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 Create, it's almost, I don't know if he was intentionally creating those things, but I have the same experience where oftentimes the very thing that we're upset about is what we're creating, whether we realize it or not. Yeah. And I think that's a good self-reflection piece as well as looking at our team, because you're right. hundred yeah. percent. If you look at somebody who's constantly running over the same things, just constant negativity, constant like issues. Yeah. You're right. It's not even just a, would you call it a, a sign? It's a sign. It's like a, it's like a, Hey, <laughs> yeah. Pull over. And it's crazy because we, we just went through this whole thing with this guy. And it made me really think about when I was younger and I used to work for somebody and I was in that same situation. I didn't realize that I was a problem because in my head, I was thinking, I've got all this talent, all this, all these yeah. things that, that you're thinking better company, of yourself. <laughs> this, yeah. This company needs me without me. They're screwed. Yep. And I would just, I remember thinking that at such a young age that, that that's the, the, this just revolved around me. Oh yeah. And when I left, I was like, man, those guys are screwed. They're never going to be able to. And they just kept on never going. Like kept on going. I think it's important as a business owner to find those people and to one be able to coach them into where you need them to be. Because you need those people. You want those people that are super talented, that do have those expertise. Yeah. It's one of those things you gotta like. Give them enough, but not too much. Yeah. It's, it's one of those, it's a balance of trying to find where their talents lie and where their responsibilities lie. Someone like that's not necessarily a great manager. Right. They're not necessarily a great person to, to look over people. Yeah. Yeah. Dropping so many very strategic nuggets. I, I want to just make sure that the listener is paying close attention. 
just to recap what you've said here, not only making sure that you hire, you didn't say anything about hiring, but you can't do what you're doing clearly at a level of servicing companies like Disney without hiring. So you can't be afraid to hire. Let me just point that out. Number two, when you do hire, we're, as Eric has, ex has expressed, excuse me, that he's really a nice guy. Like he sees the best in people. He said at the very beginning, I think there's a lot of people listening here today that just want to believe that when I hire somebody, they're going to do what they said they're going to do yep. and be an adult and show up on time and do what they're supposed to do. But that doesn't always happen. And so number one, I heard coaching. You got to spend time in there to make sure that you're providing resources so that they can be the best that they can be. But then if they aren't, it's either something where you need to create a little place for them where they can't affect other people because maybe they do have talent. Maybe maybe you do need to level up in order to reach their talent. Or sure. maybe they're just negative and you don't need them. So I heard yeah. lots of different things going on there. Do you want to add anything to that for the listener? So one thing that I have found as you are in a CEO type position is that you hire for the things that you're not good at. You know, what you're really not good at, hire for those positions. So I know for me, hiring is not my strong suit. I see the best in everybody. Like we had a, a resume come across the desk the other day and I was like, it looks okay. Maybe it's worth an interview. And right. one of the guys was ran a background check and he, he was a child molester. I was like, wow, I called that one wrong. Didn't even, didn't even, yeah. didn't even look at that. Yeah. So it's for us, we found a much better success rate with hiring when we do our work at the yeah. get-go. Yeah. Do a proper interview. We don't just hire on the spot. We do a lot of questions, a lot of strategic questions about what we do yeah. so that we know exactly like what we're getting. Yeah. We, <clears throat> in our business, we, we go through people. It's just yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, so it's really trying to find the people we want to try to have be here for a long time. Yeah. That's the ones that we're really more focused on. So yes, we have like right now we have probably 12 open positions. It's, I'd rather have 12 open positions than 12 with the wrong people. Yeah. 100%. And so really find it. And then, so we've hired someone just to handle just our hiring. So she knows totally. what to ask, what to look for. And you don't she, have to worry about making the soft choice. <laughs> yeah. And I, and really my, my, my input is probably the least valuable. I'm not the one working for those people. Those people aren't working with me. If they're, yeah. someone's going to work directly with me, I'll interview them. But if they're not working directly with me, you don't, it's not about me. It's yeah. about empowering the people that work for you. 100%. Now, okay, so you've led me to another question here that I, I got to dig in here a little bit. If you're hiring regularly, let we'll say that as the nice way of going through people, because obviously your industry is going to be somewhat related to probably anybody who's listening here in the trades, right? they're going to have the same issue where you have a certain pool of people who are coming through applying for those jobs. Okay, fine. Sure. So same thing with retail, retail edible arrangements, there's a certain pool of people, let's just say. Sure. Somebody who's a CEO previously is not going to apply for edible arrangements or to work on your crew there. So we're going through people. Okay, fine. How do you distinguish this going through people, and which is a numbers game? It's very separate from seeing people and attaching yourself to people. And it's very automated and logic and like they're not real people over yeah. to somewhere in there, you, you actually are seeing them because somewhere in there, when you've identified that they are your tribe, that you're leaning in, you're pressing in because you want them to stay and you want to be part of the family. Like what, what's that distinguishment? Or is there a moment? Is there things that you're looking for? Cause obviously you're doing it well. It doesn't mean that you're doing it perfect and you never get rid of people. It just means that through the process of filtering somewhere in there, you're finding your tribe. Tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably 
the most difficult thing, right? Is to find your tribe and to find your core group of people. Yeah. A lot of times it's really focusing on your core values. And that's one thing that we've really dialed in over the last 12 months is what's our core values. Yeah. And if people live by those core values, then those are the people we want on our management team. Those are the people that we want. Those, that's who we want to see. So it's not just, hey, I show up to work every day on time, although that's part of it. But it's, are you going above and beyond what it takes to do the things around here? I'm still cleaning the toilet upstairs. That's what everybody is responsible to clean the toilet. doesn't matter who you are. So if you don't have the ability or the want to see a clean toilet, then I don't see you being on our exec team. I just don't see it. It's everybody, everybody's got to be willing to get their hands dirty. So many of what of our jobs, a lot of times just require all hands on deck. We work with a lot of high profile clients and it's taking it so serious and yet still have so much fun in what we do. And that's really where finding those people is the, that's the bread and butter to this. That's how you get this into work. And you can obviously find workers all day long. We, we really or more in construction, if you wanted to yeah. put it into a, what type of trade we're in construction. And so we get a lot of people to come in here and they go, okay, I'm a framer, right? So, okay, you're in a framer, but you're not our framer. There's a difference, right? Yeah. So yeah. then you have people who are in the industry who are framers, but sure. they're still not necessarily our framers and how we right. do things. So it's really trying to hone in and when we're interviewing people, are they malleable? The reason why people hire us is because of the way we do things and yep. the vision and the concepts that we develop. But that's why people hire us. Yep. Yeah, no, you're teaching the you're teaching the classroom right now. And I just uh, so appreciate that. I hope that the listeners paying attention. I hope that they actually go back. You've given quite a bit of very practical things in building a team and what you're looking for in an industry where it's very difficult. Um, I think it's difficult across the board, but yeah. if you're not, if you're not paying attention, if you're not building people up, if you're not seeing people who they are, which is all leadership, right? Yeah. As soon as you said that you had maybe keep people around a little too long. Okay, fine. Like that, that's part of being a good leader though, is like caring. <laughs> yeah. So you got some people on the side of the spectrum with you, and then you got the other people on the other side that have no idea how to understand like there's a human on the other side of the conversation. And for me, a huge part of that, because I'm more on the logic side where I just, I'll just plow. For me, it was my faith as growing up as a young man, getting into business. It was like, Oh, okay. Wow. Like it's a human on the other side. Like the Lord sees them. Like he sees me having that sonship perspective and actually appreciating the other person as a human. Yeah. That for me, so we've got two sides of the story here where one, you got to put people in place to help you make those decisions so that you don't just keep people around for no reason, 100%. And then the other side of it is, man, you got to be a better person. (laughs) I needed to become, I needed to love people. So I think that we've given them both both sides of the spectrum here today. What would you say a decision comes across your desk today? Is there a certain couple of steps that you take? Is there a mindset that you have, a process that you follow, anything like that, just generally around decision-making? So one thing I've really learned over the last... 12 months, really, we've really done a complete turnaround of the way we do things around here. I brought one of my best friends on board that he as our operations officer. He pretty wow. much handles a lot of the, the day in, day out stuff of everything we do. A lot of every decision we pretty much go through together. So one of the, one of the key things is we go through our core values. Does it match our core values? If it doesn't match our core values, then we just say no. Yeah. And like we literally... Uh, a few months back had to say goodbye to a, a three quarter of a million dollar job. Wow. 
because it didn't really match our core values. When people don't want to treat you correct or stuff like that, that's, and it's having that discernment to know when it's time to say that's not for us or that is for us. Yeah. But not that we do everything right around here. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that, that we mess up on and we got to, okay, we'll do that better next time. Yep. But when you're making decisions, it's really lining up your core values. It's really making sure you stay in your wheelhouse. A lot of times, and I'm the worst person out of everybody, I want to say yes. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's not good to say yes to everything. Just because we can make anything look like anything doesn't mean that's in our wheelhouse. You were just talking about a guy who makes fake rocks. Yeah. You know, we can make fake rocks, but that doesn't mean we're the best at making fake rocks. It's better to sometimes hire those situations out than yeah. try to do it yourself. Yeah. hundred percent. That's gold. What do you think about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? Oh, it's hundred percent. You need to do it. That's one of the biggest changes in our business over the last 12 to 18 months is really focusing in on talking to other people that are not in our industry, which right. is actually massive because we get so stuck on what we do and the way we do things. And we think we're geniuses in what we do. Right. Yeah. And then it's this guy who's doing something completely different. It's like, why don't you do it this way? And it's like, duh. Ding. Yeah. That was it right there, man. And so yeah. we have found it to be absolute gold and we've been trying to get more involved with more mastermindings just to, to really get others' perspectives. And this on all topics. I read a ton of books. I try to go through at least a book a week because wow. I just want to see what other people's opinions and the yeah. way they think and try to just go through all those different perspectives Yeah, because you can always gain. There's never a time where you stop learning. And that's, man, that's one of the biggest things is invest in yourself. That's the biggest thing you can do as a business owner, invest in yourself. Yeah. Whether that's making sure you're taking care of eating healthy, exercising, right. to reading, to taking time for meditation, spending right. time with your wife, doing all the things that yeah. you need to work on. Your business will be here tomorrow, but you're going to miss out on opportunities with your kids or your wife or with yourself. Yeah. Those, that's, that's not going to, that doesn't just magically appear tomorrow. That's in that today. And so that's really one of the big things that if I could give anybody is just invest in yourself and constantly learn. There's always a new way to do what you're doing. Oh, yeah. so there's yeah, I love the open-minded accounting or just doing something completely. One little different. tweak, man. That's all we're really doing as business owners. We're just constantly making the little tweaks. Yeah. What would you say? What would you say to the listener right now who probably a lot of entrepreneurs, probably a lot like you, probably a lot like me, where you know it's easy to put me at the back of the line. You got a lot of kids. I have a lot of kids in comparison to most, half as your, but the point is that we're at the we're at the back of the eating line, right? Yeah. Same thing with our business. I feel like if you're a good leader, then you're at the back of the eating line. Yeah. So with that mindset of I'm at the back, I eat last at my home, in my business. How do I, how do I turn that on its head? Because what you're saying is that I should eat first, not necessarily literally like jump in front of your kids and eat first. That's not what I'm saying, but to this mindset of feed yourself. Otherwise, if you don't take care of yourself as the CEO in a mastermind or as an individual in your prayer time or your book reading or whatever, then you can't then go be the CEO that your team needs you to be, or the father, husband that your family needs you to be. How do you, how does this person listening right now going, oh, but I'm at the back of the line. What do I do, Eric? Man, that's something I constantly struggle with. And it's something that is the most important thing is 
to take care of yourself first. And I've for lots and lots of years, haven't taken care of myself first. And it's always been, I'll get to me tomorrow. I'll get to me tomorrow. I'll get to me tomorrow. Whether it's simply as reading a book, I'll get to that book tomorrow. And it's just being very intentional with every single thing that you do. I'm always the last paycheck, always the last paycheck. I'd love for that to change, but that's where my heart is right now. It needs to change at some point, but that's where my heart is right now. And that's where we're at. Yeah. is making sure that we can feed all the families that we have to feed here. That's priority number one. Yeah. But there's things that I can do for me, big deal for me, like exercising every day. Like today we were up late working. One of my kids wouldn't sleep last night at all. You got a pretty good chance of that with as many as you have. Yeah. It's, it's last night we had, I think it was about two hours of sleep last night. So I took a couple extra minutes this morning to make sure that I could do what I need to get done today, whether that's making sure I get a cup of coffee in the morning, that I spend time reading my book, that I spend time doing my exercises. Yes, I didn't show up to work on time today, but that's okay. You need to give your permission to like, hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to set myself up today for success. I'm not going to not do the things I need to do just because I'm running behind. I guess I get those things done. Those are still on the schedule. Yeah, I think the obviously just your... You just take it so seriously, which is so great. I, yeah. We're cut from the same cloth in that way. What you just said, I think was so practical that I want to point off before we end up here is that they were still on your schedule. The book, coffee, prayer time, whatever it was, it was still on your schedule. And I think all high performers, me included, whether I was up late and I, I don't feel like it or just so much going on. And I just, it's just, you just start skipping over certain stuff that you think is less than. And the point that I'm hearing you make is if it, not that you need to be at the front of the line every single time, but man, sometimes, and obviously this all stemmed off of the networking and mastermind conversation. So I just so appreciate that because you're right, especially when we can get around other business owners, sometimes it's just encouragement. Sometimes it's working through a strategy or an idea, like you said, around accounting or whatever it is. I think all of those things matter. The relationships, obviously that, that are developed through that process are what bring those things that we need. Absolutely. I got one more question for you. Sure. Eric, if you could whisper in the younger Eric's ear, what would you say? Oh man, I would say probably breathe. Take a minute to breathe. That's one thing that I've, there's been times in the past where I just, I'm too quick to make a decision, too quick to talk too much like that. And it's, if I can go back and just be like, just take a minute, breathe, focus on what you need to focus on. The world's not going to end. And I think so much as a business owner, personally, we always gravitate to the, the biggest problem, right? Like we're, we got to focus on this one problem and that problem will guaranteed be there tomorrow. Guaranteed. 100%. That stress will be there tomorrow. Yep. But is it more important to go to a baseball game or is it more important to go play a video game with your kid or go outside and go bike riding or take a minute? with an employee that needs a few minutes to talk about an issue that they have. Yeah. So many times we have employees come in and they're spilling their guts on their life. Yeah. We're an extended part of their family now. That's 100%. how this is. And it's take a minute to, yeah, we've got to build this set for whoever. Let's take a second and let's focus on you. Yeah. So that's one thing that I would, I wish I could have learned that a lot earlier in life. Been like, okay, it's not going to end. No, it's, yeah. this isn't all going to just stress out and we're all going to, yeah be homeless tomorrow. Like that's not right. going to happen. Yeah. Now, now don't let to me days 
go in a row. Absolutely. Otherwise, you might be homeless. But I, Eric, I, I don't mean to destroy your point there, but man, so good. The piece actually that I hear as you even share that, I can just I can see the Rolodex of memories going through your brain as you're talking about that. And really the peace in that moment of I'm gonna get to that tomorrow. And yep. I'm gonna choose the bike riding with my kid right now, or choose to sit here for 10 yep. minutes and just breathe. I think all of that is just super valuable. This interview has been, I hope they go back. I say this sometimes, really, they should all listen to all of them multiple times, but man, this one, they need to go back. I think that you've brought just a very real perspective and how could you not, bro, you got so much going on with your business and your family. How can the listener connect with you? Whether they know someone that needs a set, or maybe they need a set of some kind, a commercial space, a, an event of some kind, they want to connect with you business-wise, or if they just want to get to know you, how do they find you? Sure. You can find me on Instagram. That's probably the best way. That's the only one I'm really on most of the time. My handle is Vibrant Pixel, or you can check out our, my business, which is Coffee House IND. So those are the two spots that we typically communicate with a lot of people on. Perfect. Eric, thank you so much for being here. You've been sensational. I wish nothing but blessing on your family, your kiddos. I actually look forward to getting to know you better in that way because man, so much is what we do as entrepreneurs, um, which I'm still walking through with my own children is going, okay, how do I adjust? How do I adjust? How do I run hard? How do I adjust? How do I run hard? How do I adjust? Yeah. And I think that a business ownership, fatherhood, husbandry, whatever we, whatever you call that, I think, man, it's just like a constant learning pool. I think you're doing a pretty good job from what I've heard. And so I thank you for that being the example. And I look forward to a continuing relationship with you. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.